0: I'm Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister, and if you don't listen to Knockout Radio, you may just find yourself in one of my jails.
1: One <laughs> of the better line, uh, liners of all time. We need to put <laughs> all right, so next week is the start of Ultimate Fighter 30. Yep. So there's only one way we could properly start getting ready for our weekly segment. I'm excited. Let's uh, welcome back to the show your Bantamweight champ, Juliana Pena. Gianna, how are you?
2: Hey, guys. I'm great. How are you doing?
1: Things are good here. How have you been since last time we spoke, which was on Radio Row at the Super Bowl? Uh,
2: I've been great. I've just been grinding away, doing my thing, training, coaching, just uh, getting ready for this season of the Ultimate Fighter.
1: Was it nine years ago you entered the Ultimate Fighter house as the contestant, walked out as the champ. Now you're walking back in as the champ. So I'm curious, what was it like? What were the emotions, you know, going through when you first walked back in?
2: A lot of nostalgia, a lot of nostalgia. I got to um, kind of get right back in the groove of being shelled off from the rest of the world and I was ready to get to work just like I was when I was a contestant. I was just ready to pick teams and ready to to get grinding on the mat and to get to work and, and to make sure that I had a solid team. So it was very nostalgic from the time that when I was on and it was a lot of great memories rushing back that's for sure
3: what was it like for you you know the transition from fighting to coaching I know like a lot of times people who are as good a fighter as you or as good an athlete as you it's kind of hard to communicate you know what exactly it is you want from somebody else because a lot of stuff comes really natural for you so what was that transition like going from fighting to coaching
2: I would say that that's very difficult, right? Because as a fighter, I know how to do it and what I would do, but then when you try to coach it, you realize that you have to kind of separate yourself in the fighting aspect and kind of drop everything down into, you know, layman's terms for people to understand. So, I would they'd be like, "Well, how do you get out of this?" I'd be like, "Just don't get in it." You know, it's it I just <laughs> know that I just don't do it. You know what I mean? Just don't do it. And so it'd be hard to kind of tell them how to do things but then I go back to my coaches and I realize that they break it down in extreme detail and I'm like okay well that's why they're the coach and that's why I'm the fighter because I didn't know how to quite translate you know those details but I did my best I think I did I think I did an okay job I don't know but um yeah that was definitely a, a challenge for me is because as a fighter I'm like well I just know you know don't do it but like how do I teach that to somebody you know
3: yeah, do you feel like that experience kind of helped you with your abilities as well and you becoming a better fighter? Because now you have to, like you said, drop your perspective and kind of look at it from a different um, different point of view. Do you think that kind of helped you having to go through that um, detail and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, coaching definitely um, has helped me in my fighting that I've been doing lately. Um, and I definitely think that it's important to take into consideration that whenever I'm doing something, I see whenever I'm doing something with a training partner, for example, now I'm starting to look at it from a coach's eye. So then I'll start to like cue them in. And then I realize that I'm just another fighter in my gym. And so they're like, okay, drop the coaching hat. You know, it's like you're you're fighting. But at the same time, I know obviously they want to take, you know, any sort of tips that they can get. But at the same time, I'm still learning myself. I don't have all the answers. And, you know, coaching is something that I still need myself, so it's, it's, you know, there's a fine line between fighter and coach, I guess I would say.
1: So, when you are coaching and somebody questions you, do you just hold up the belt and say, enough said?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I give it to them, and, and I give it to them straight. I'll never lie to them. I'll I'll always... Um, tell them exactly how it is um, but I, I definitely do think that there is something to be said about the work that I've been putting in myself and, and kind of writing my recipe for success the, the recipe that I had for success was, was working three times a day every single day except on Sundays and I think that that needs to be noted it's I, like whatever I'm doing needs to actually have a book written on it because it worked for me and, and I think that a lot of people can get ex- inspired by uh, the the success that I had just based on the work that I did. And and there was no secret to that. It was just pure hard work.
1: What did you remember from the Ultimate Fighter as a contestant that benefited not only you as coaching, but what you were able to then tell the new athletes to do, whether it's get the bed first, you know, which is better than other beds or get closer to the refrigerator or whatever that may be.
2: I know that some people were wanting to go train at the later times during the day and get the second end of the day for training. But I was adamant, so adamant to get that first morning training session in. And and that was hard for me because I'm a sleeper. I love my sleep and I don't like waking up early, but I knew that it was important to be the first team to train in the morning and the first one to get the second practice in as well. And I think that there's benefits to that. When I go and train in the morning and then I go home, then i can have the kitchen to myself and i can you know make everything that i need and i can just kind of relax and i can rest and and get to bed earlier when you're the second team you got to come home late at night the kitchen's a wreck you got to you know there's other people still trying to do their things in the kitchen and then you go to bed late and this, the timings, I feel like, um, were not as good for the second um, part of the day for the other team. And so that, to me, was the biggest fight. And that was the first fight that I had on the show was making sure that I get the right time.
1: Awesome. Well, I know that you're on a time schedule, so we only have one or two. All right, we'll, we'll say two. I was going to okay. say one, so go <laughs> ahead. Your okay. final question, Caleb.
3: All right, so I'm really excited to talk to you. But um, So you have one of, my, one of my two favorite moments in UFC currently. When McGregor called out, he was going to knock out Aldo in the first round, and he did it, and you said that you were going to pull Amanda into deep waters, and she wasn't going to be able to last. What did you see leading up to that fight to let you know, like, I'm more conditioned than her, I want it more than her, and you were able to call your shot? Because I think that's so dope when you can go up there with that confidence, say what you're going to do, and execute it perfectly.
2: Um, you know, it was again back to the work ethic. It was just the amount of work that I had put in. Not to mention, it was a fight that I had been calling for for five years, and she was avoiding at any and all costs. Anytime I said I wanted to fight her, she would make up some excuse. She would tell me I wasn't worthy. She would tell me that you know I couldn't hang with her. So, you know, whenever you're you know the greatest and the best, and someone's calling you out, and you're doing and trying to find every excuse to, to to get out of it, that to me is a tell that they don't want to fight. And yeah. so I knew leading up in the five years that, you know, this was a perfect fight for me. And then, you know, she was supposed to show up in August. She didn't show up in August. That's another tell. And then, again, the work, the work that I put in, the amount of work that I put in is second to none. I, I work so hard. I bust my tail every single day. And, you know, if I didn't put in that work, maybe I wouldn't have been as confident. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to call it how I saw it. But I knew confidently that with the amount of work that I put in, there was absolutely going to be no denying me on that night.
1: Final question for you, and I don't want Dave Lockett calling all mad at me because I went over. Um, I know we can't talk about the show. It it starts next Tuesday. But what can you tell the fans and the media and everybody else that's going to tune in? What are we in store for starting next week?
2: You are in store for an epic season, 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. And there's so many awesome things. I cannot wait for you guys to experience um, the love that I had between my team and also just getting to meet these up-and-coming stars that are going to be in the UFC someday. There are some amazing, amazing people on this season, and I'm going to have to save the juicy details for later. You guys are just going to have to to tune into the show and watch and find out.
1: The show uh, hits the air on Tuesday. We'll have a representative on each and every Wednesday. Juliana, thank you very much for your time, and hopefully we can get you back on to talk uh, about it again.
2: Yes. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much.
1: Take care. That is Juliana Pina. She is your champion. Yes, I told you off the air. I did say at the press conference, I turned to the, the media guy next to me and I said, just like she just said how she had that feeling and things that Amanda was saying and didn't do and did and whatever. Yeah. I turned to that guy and I said, Juliana's is going to win this fight. Yeah. And they looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> and that's documented. It did happen. So... uh I, I did get lucky with that one, so, uh, but but I saw it. Yeah. You know, just like she said, she saw it. You know, you can see it, but you and I have talked about that, you know, we were talking about it in the first hour, about, you know, when you believe it or when you talk yourself into believing
3: it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's huge, and like she said, like, she put in all that work and all that time, and when you have that confidence in yourself, and like, I didn't really know a lot of the backstory about her wanting to fight for five years, yeah. and the duck in and so when that's going on, you have to really believe that yeah, this person doesn't really want this smoke. You know? So yeah, that's that that's awesome. man.
1: huge. She was a huge underdog. The largest underdog, I think, in UFC history, yeah. is this weekend. Chase Sherman, the fight was scheduled for last week and I just saw he's a twenty three hundred <laughs> oh underdog. Wow. I don't gamble. Yeah. But I don't know, five bucks? It's something. Right? I mean,
3: I'm not <laughs> gonna knows? be I'm
1: not gonna be stupid, but you know yeah. five, ten dollars, maybe? I, I I don't know. All right, let's go hit a break. When we come back, more shenanigans from a Tournament Da Bennot. This is Knockout Radio, brought to you by Eight Man Strong and Staff Some we'll be right back.
4: This is the Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Erasmus James, and you're talking sports with Randy Harris.
1: 8-Man Strong is not simply about the biggest or strongest. It's about those who have survived true lows, suffered, faced demons real or in their heads, and are fighting to come back against it all. If you live with a passion for greatness and strength and resilience towards all obstacles that may attempt to derail you, if you're bold and aggressive in the pursuit of the things you want in life, if you are meant to overcome everything that stands in your path of reaching your goals, then you are eight Man Strong.
0: You're hungry, where do you go to eat? Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. You want to have a drink, where do you go? Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. Having a get-together with the guys from the softball team, where do you do it? That's right, Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. Located at 1320 Central Avenue, St. Petersburg, right across from Tropicana Field, Berg's is the best place to take the whole family for food and fun. Going to a Rays game? Have dinner before the game at Berg's, and after the Rays win, come and celebrate with all your friends at Berg's, right across from the Trop. So come down and see Berg and the whole gang at Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. Ferg Sports Bar and Grill. Calling all Rocky Balboa fans. Check out the sock collection available at oddsocksofficial.com. If you're a Breaking Bad fan or WWE or South Park, check out the sock collection available at oddsocksofficial.com. Scarface, Godfather, Back to the Future, and Jaws, and many others available at oddsocksofficial.com. Double Dare, Spongebob, Street Fighter, and did I mention Rocky Balboa? All all available at oddsoxofficial.com. That's oddsoxofficial.com. If you can't find a pair to wear, then why
1: do you have feet? This is Randy Harris for Mick for Hair at Got Split End Salon in Pinellas Park. Our official hair care and grooming provider who caters to everyone. Women. Men kids and senior citizens in an affordable upscale environment staffed with the most talented professionals in the business. Visit Mick for Hair at Got Split Ends today at 4376 Park Boulevard in Pinellas Park or call them at seven two seven two nine zero nine eight seven three.
0: Construction companies always face hiring challenges. Do you need temporary help on your project? Or maybe you want a true partner for all of your staffing needs? Staff Zone is construction staffing excellence, providing both skilled and general labor positions. And we want to work for you. For all of your construction staffing needs, call us at 877-247-ZONE or visit us online at thestaffzone.com to find your local branch. Our staffing professionals are eager and ready to earn your business. That's 877-247-ZONE. This
1: is the Tan Talk Radio Network.
4: Hey, this is Dane Cook, and you are on Knockout Radio with Randy
3: Harris and Benjamin Glossom.
1: Alright, we need to clip that last name off. I know Matt's upset, you're giving me dirty looks, so (laughs) if if the the powers-to-be back at uh, the fathership can just cut that last name off, leave obviously my name on, but cut the last (laughs) name off, Uh, what liner... Give me some names of liners we need to get. Huh. Whether it's obtainable through you or yeah. not. So, like, you know, it's easy for you to say Jameis Winston or, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, guys yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's obtainable through you so or I have to send Matt you or... Had,
3: you had Bobby Flay. If you can get um Gordon Ramsay, that would be a cool one. Okay. I just, <laughs> I just... I'll
1: tell you... Uh, I just ate at a steakhouse, and he owes me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right. I'll reach out to... You know that he was a huge soccer player. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay.
3: I had no idea. He
1: was going to be, allegedly, just like whatever. But he was the real deal soccer player. Wow. And then got hurt. Wow. And this was another direction. It's not,
3: not a bad direction to go in.
1: As it turns out, you can't <laughs> go anywhere in Vegas without seeing his mug. <laughs> and I bought a t-shirt for my wife. But, all right, Gordon Ramsay.
3: Gordon Ramsey, um... I would love to um, have um, Tyson Fury. That'd be dope. Okay. That'd be a cool one. I
1: think that might be obtainable. We'll yeah, see.
3: That'd be a cool one. Um,
1: I got one. Okay. Who? As, as stupid as this sounds, a because you know me, so I want this a to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I almost bought my wife the Gordon Ramsay piss off shirt. <laughs> you know, which I'm like, I just can't see you wearing that. Uh, I'd like to get Jake Paul. You know, I, that
3: would be dope. Yeah, yeah, and also like people, I people just hate. need to understand. <laughs> yeah, they hate him, but understand the theater of it all. Like, well, like, I don't understand. Like he he plays into this. He does this just to piss you off, and you let yourself get pissed off, yeah. and then you make him very wealthy. Yeah, like just understand what it is. It's theater. Like enjoy it, and it's like it's like you're really going out there and being like, oh my god, I hate Randy Orton. Like Randy Orton is such a you know, mean guy, and it's just like, you know, like he's playing. Why? Well, I'm curious why character. you brought his name up. Because, like, you know, he's like one of the traditional heels. Oh, so WWE. you don't know my, my I deal don't know right your now? And I don't know your Randy Orton story. So okay, we- well,
1: I, I commented on something on the Book of Face. Now, I have been <laughs> corrected by some, Yeah. and some agree with me. Now, I know what could be the truth, but I know what I believe. Mm-hmm. And just because I believe it doesn't make it right. But it's what I believe, and I will always believe it, and I don't care if it's right or wrong. Yeah. Okay? All right? And and, I'll, and it was it's kind of like the national anthem thing back in the day. Um, so Randy Orton – so there was a thing on the Book of Face that said previous – it might have said Marines, and, and it opened up more to veterans, but former Marines – that became WWE superstars, mm-hmm. and there, are some of them. There, there there's uh, Lacey Evans, okay. if you know who that is. And uh, again, female wrestler, former Marine. You got to love it. And somebody listed Randy Orton. Yeah. Now, I've called my brother-in-law, and I've even had him on the air once. Why am I a veteran, but he's a Marine for life? Like Marines are Marines. Yeah. You don't call a Marine a former Marine. Yeah. Right? I'm a former Navy whatever. Yeah. But I'm not Navy. Marines, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah. So people put Randy Orton on there. Mm-hmm. And I disagreed.
3: So you say he's, to be a, he's a veteran.
1: No, he's nothing. Randy Orton was, he, he wasn't dishonorably discharged. Uh-huh. He was discharged with other than honorable With a other than honorable discharge. Okay. So to me, you're not a Marine. Mm. Now I had a guy come on and he started ripping me on Facebook and I'm like, well, if you'd ever served, he goes, well, I served 23 years. So I kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, And in full defense, I called my brother-in-law and he said the same thing. And I respect my brother-in-law. Yeah. But I've also spoken to other Marines that I know and they're like, no, he was a coward. He Mm. went AWOL more than once. And, you know, especially for a Marine, you know, the Marines are supposedly the upper echelon, whatever. The toughest
3: dudes, out there. Yeah, yeah.
1: they got on our ships, and we took them where we told them. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) You know, to me, if you got an other than honorable discharge, that means you did not get an honorable discharge. Yeah. You're not a Marine. Sorry.
3: Huh. Wow, yeah. I'm going to side with you on this, because you are the expert well, in this field? I, I'm not the expert. Not an expert, but right? you know way more than I do.
1: Well, like I said, my brother-in-law said he is a Marine.
3: Yeah. Said he is a Marine. He said he is.
1: Okay. But I have a friend of mine who was a trainer, and he trained me, and blah, blah, blah. He goes, absolutely not. Hmm. So it is one of those interesting, but to me, okay, look at it like this.
3: If you say you were un, you go into the NFL, let's say undrafted or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. play in camp, mm-hmm. You get released? Mm-hmm. Do you say that you're a former NFL player? Yes. You say no? I say no. Because it was preseason. It was yeah. You just in camp. Like you oh. never made a roster. Okay. All right. So, I would see, like, this like, yeah. this is, like, a lot less serious. It's like, a well, no, it's, much it's, less serious thing. But, like, it's I would not, be, like... It's not less not, serious. Like, no. it's,
1: it's the same thing. That's your world. Yeah. It's the NFL world. Well, then would it be you have to play one regular season game? Or do you have if to you be the a, vested... What no, is it? If, two years? Two and a half years?
3: I, I listen, if you make a roster, if you, in okay. the season, you are on a roster, you play in the NFL. And nobody can take that away from you. But... There's a ton of guys who come to camp, you know. Like, sure. oh, you'll be in camp and then you're kind then you're not on a team all season, and maybe you do that for two years. And they're like, I, I I'm not gonna say like, oh yeah, like I'm a former NFL player. It's like, oh, you know, like oh, I went to camp one time. No, that doesn't that doesn't count.
1: Okay, and yeah. I'm
3: not gonna argue that because again, yeah. that's not my world. Yeah, that doesn't count.
1: Um, me. and and I could see where that would offend,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, somebody who has played regular season. Real games, yeah, <laughs> you know. But on the same line, I love being the opposite side. They still got paid,
3: D- right? Thousand dollars. It was like so. Okay, this is makes them a professional football people, player. People, okay, people don't understand during camp. So yeah, right. you don't get any money. You get paid uh during like preseason. You get a thousand bucks per preseason game. It used to be. Or like twelve hundred bucks. So if you play the whole preseason, you probably make like five grand. Is that the same? Taxes. Is that the same for you? Everybody is, is that what you made too? Everybody in Tom the, Brady? Yeah, Tom.
1: Tom Brady's the, considered an
3: everybody. If you're <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody during preseason, your check is a thousand dollars a week, about maybe a little bit more. After taxes, it's probably like seven hundred bucks that you're getting every week, and that's all you get in preseason. So they still have a football jersey hanging on their wall. No, they don't. Well, they could have took taking it. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I'm just saying, just like the Super Bowl. But again, like, how do you, how do you, again, because so if you take a jersey, you get charged between three hundred to five hundred dollars. If you made seven (laughs) hundred dollars, you're not taking that jersey because you don't know if you're gonna be there or not. So Mm -hmm. let's say I played one preseason game, I got seven hundred bucks for it. You took that jersey, you get your check. It says two hundred fifty dollars now. You're sick. I did all that camp, <laughs> right. and I got 250 bucks in the jersey. You know what I mean? So uh, that's you know.
1: Oh, that's, that's interesting. You know that 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 that, that is interesting. To, yeah. That, that's your take, and I I get it. I understand it. So now we will have to look at a lot of former fighters. Um, former. I mean, did Brock Lesnar play in an NFL game? I know he was in camp with the Vikings. I thought he did. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know either. I, I don't know. I don't know
3: either. But but. Brock Lesnar is a guy. I'm going to lie. I'm not doing any research. I'm not going (laughs) to look that up. Brock Lesnar is a guy that I I didn't understand the full scope of what a special athlete and talent that he was up until. And maybe I'm late to the party, which is fine, up until a few months ago. Really? Like Like I had known like, yeah, this dude's like. He, I know he fought the MMA. I know he was a heavyweight champion. I know he was polarizing. I know he WWE. But when I just went back and, like, I, I, he was doing an interview. And somebody was just listing off his list of accomplishments. And I was like, this dude is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's spectacular.
1: I, I think if you go back and look at his MMA fights. Yeah. The first fight was mediocre.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, then he fought, uh, I think, uh, Keith Herring. I think that was his name. Uh, Heath Herring. Um and, and hit him, herring rolled backwards, he jumped on top of him. And to be fighting Frank Mir as early as he did in his career mm-hmm. and was looking good until he got submitted. Yeah. And then if you go back, and this is where I give Brock Lesnar the most credit, was when he fought, um, and I'm having a blank on his name, and, and, and I was just talking about him. Um, they were fighting for the interim title, and Brock was getting the crap kicked out of him. For the first round. Yeah. I mean, literally, the fight could have and should have been stopped. And which would have changed both careers. Yeah. And and I'll have to Google. I, I'm i having a total brain cramp. He um, was on The Ultimate Fighter. I believe he was a coach. Used to do the show all the time. I just can't think of it. Oh, well. Um, round two came out. And this is a guy with very little MMA experience. You know, he, he's an athlete. but mm-hmm. And jumped all over him. Ended the round ended it and, and won the fight. Yeah. And that to me is when a lot when a lot of people were really giving him a lot of crap yeah. about, you know, he's not that good and, you know, he's taking advantage of this, taking advantage of that. Um, that's when he showed something to me.
3: Yeah. And no, it's it's like I said, like he's he's a special, special talent. Like he's like it's to be to have the level of even whether he played and, and again, I going back to what I said about the guys who went to camp, I'm not snuffing the fact that they made it to an NFL camp because you're still the one percent. If you if you sign to an NFL camp, you're still the one percent. Like that's still an accomplishment in itself because there's thousands of guys who would just love the opportunity to be in a camp. Like that, that's not to be snuffed at. To be able to be in the NFL, play however many games he played, to be able to. Go to WWE, have that level of success, doing backflips off the top rope in his early years at 260 pounds. To go to UFC, to do all these things is incredible. Really, really. I, I had no idea. Roman Reigns played three years in the league.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And it's Shane Carwin okay. was what, his name. And I, I couldn't think about it. But let, let's look at, you know, because I jumped on uh, Dr. Google. So here is Brock Lesnar's professional MMA career. Okay. His first fight, I remember watching it, was against Min Su Kim. It was awful. Uh, the the whole card, the the whole thing was awful. Then all of a sudden, he's in the UFC. He has one fight. You know, it's kind of like CM Punk. Well, the only difference is, well, this is similar because, Brock was good. Well, it's similar because CM Punk lost to Mickey Gall, Mm -hmm. and Brock Lesnar lost to Frank Mir in his first fight. Yeah. UFC, UFC 81. (laughs) Um, then the Heath Herring fight, which was six UFCs later, which today this shows you how crazy it is. In today, six UFCs later would be like two months. Yeah. You know, now six. Uh, it was uh, in August when he fought Heath Herring. Then he fought Couture, and beat Couture. Yeah. In round two, then uh, fights Frank Mir again. I I could tell you some stories about this one. UFC 100. I was there. It yeah. was not pretty. Frank Mir was not happy. He was not a happy camper. Uh, I helped him do some things uh, when we were raising money for Ryan Bennett, and uh, he refused to write down Brock Lesnar's name on anything. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, Then he fought uh, Carwin at UFC 116, and like I said, um, was losing, and came out in round two, and – it was impressive, yeah. and, and that's when I, you know, turned. And then after that, I don't know. He fought these bums, Kane uh, Velasquez, <laughs> uh, Alistair Overeem. You know, they obviously upped his Annie, and then Mark Hunt, which, if you know that story, um, it was a no contest due to uh, he failed a test. Mm. I know that should surprise no one yeah. who's ever looked at uh, at Brock Lesnar. So you know, it, it, it's when you really look at it, like I gave him a whole lot more credit than maybe deserved. But it's still, he deserves a lot of credit, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, he beats a guy before he gets in the UFC. He loses right away to Frank. Then he beats Heath. He beats Randy, you know, which is a a big deal. Beats Frank and beats Shane Carwin. I mean, good fight. I mean, two ex-heavyweight champions. Yeah. But then, obviously, losing to, uh, you want to talk about Velasquez? Let's hit a break, and we'll talk about Cain Velasquez and um, what's going on. You know, we all know what's going on, but we'll talk about it. When we return, this is Knockout Radio, brought to you by 8-Man Strong and Staff Zone. This is the Talk Radio Network.
0: This is Ken Dorsey from Miami, and you're talking sports with
1: Randy Harris. 8-Man Strong is not simply about the biggest or strongest. It's about those who have survived true lows, suffered, faced demons real or in their heads, and are fighting to come back against it all. If you live with a passion for greatness and strength and resilience towards all obstacles that may attempt to derail you, if you're bold and aggressive in the pursuit of the things you want in life, if you are meant to overcome everything that stands in your path of reaching your goals, then you are eight Man Strong.
0: You're hungry, where do you go to eat? Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. You want to have a drink, where do you go? Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. Having a get-together with the guys from the softball team, where do you do it? That's right, Berg's Sports Bar and Grill. Located at 1320 Central Avenue, St. Petersburg, right across from Tropicana Field, Berg's is the best place to take the whole family for food and fun. Going to a Rays game? Have dinner before the game at Berg's, and after the Rays win, come and celebrate with all your friends at Berg's, right across from the Tropicana. So come down and see Berg and the whole gang at Berg's Sports Bar and Grill.
1: Ferg Sports Bar and Grill. Does your garage door opener seem to have a mind of its own? Or is it a squeaky or noisy garage doors? Sounds like they need a simple tune-up. Call Moores Boulevard Garage Doors. That's M-O-R-S-E Boulevard Garage Doors at 727-522-5070. I'm so glad I did, and they fixed my garage door correctly on the very first visit. Moores Boulevard Garage Doors offers 24-7 service and no extra charge for nights or weekend emergency calls. Repair or replace your garage door with Moores Boulevard Garage Doors. Call them today at 727-522-5070. Oh,
2: baby! And he's looking to finish!
0: Friday, May 20th, Eagle FC returns with some of the biggest names in MMA. Heavyweights clash in the main event as Junior Dos Santos is back. Oh! He'll take on hard-hitting Jorgen DeCastro, plus Tiago Silva takes on Hector Lombard. Watch live and free. Sign up today at EagleFC.com. Eagle FC 47. The legend is back. Junior Dos Santos versus
1: Jorgen DeCastro. Friday, May 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Ooh, give me more. I want more. Got bills? Looking for work? But nobody is hiring. Staff Zone is... As the leading provider of commercial construction, industrial, and special event staffing throughout the Southeast and Texas, Staff Zone has plenty of work to go around, and they need you now. Don't wait. Go now to www.thestaffzone.com and find a branch closest to you. Work today, get paid today. That's the Staff Zone way. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Hi, this is Rick Barry, and you're talking sports with Randy Harris. little rick berry free throws underhanded uh we could talk a little nba but I, I just want to finish the story i was telling you off the air about some some items that that we were selling for the ryan Bent memorial fund and you know there was randy's gloves and chuck's gloves and uh, i sold a uh a belt you know from the wec the guys like i don't have anything i don't have anything to help ryan how about the belt um i sold um uh, well, one fighter. I, I won't say his name. Only, only cause I'm sure you could. Some people could. He wanted to donate the steroid bottle. <laughs> I'm like, you, my friend, are an idiot. Oh. A, how I'm not gonna sell a bottle because there could be a drop in it, and then I'm yeah. right. I go, you don't live in Florida. He he came to the radio station, and you know, blah 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 blah. He goes. I'll mail it to you. I go. You're not going to mail me
3: steroids. (laughs) Shipping drugs now. What
1: is wrong with you? Yeah. So one of the funniest ones ever was uh, Matt Sarah defeats uh, GSP in Houston, and I went in GSP's locker room and he gave me his gloves. Yeah, (laughs) that's when he lost. Um, And then I go into Matt Sarah's, and I was tight with both Matts, Matt Sarah and Matt Hughes, and so Matt Sarah's like, uh, yeah, you can have the gloves after the fight. Now we auctioned off his gloves when he fought Matt Hughes as well. And so I go into the back, and you know, I'm in his locker room, and he looks at me, and he goes, Randy, I just knocked out GSP. I can't give you the gloves. Yeah. I said, Matt, I totally get it. I understand. He goes, how about my shorts? Sure. Yeah. I'll auction off anything. It's all going to Ryan's you know, family and stuff. Absolutely. Let's do it. So uh, he goes into the bathroom, and he opens the bathroom door, and he goes, Randy, I just knocked out GSP. I can't, can't give, give you the shorts.
3: <laughs>
1: Matt, I totally understand it. So you know what he said?
3: You did the jock strap? He, go, he goes,
1: how about my underwear? Do you want the underwear? I said, yeah, I'll take the underwear. He yeah. kind of looked at me, came out, he signed it. We sold it for like 800 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the jock, but, but but it is definitely pretty close. So um, I know we were going to talk
3: about something. Um, we're going to talk about steroids. Oh. In, yeah, the, the steroid bottle. Yeah they reduce some fighters. What are your thoughts on it? Um, you know, it's pretty common knowledge that a lot of guys use it. Um, I know they test for it. Um, how do you feel about it? And like, is it one of those things where you think, hey, if you can get away with it, go ahead, or do you think it's something where the punishment should be super severe and should be eradicated?
1: Okay, here's where I'm standing on that. And and I rip people on Twitter all the time for being a hypocrite. Yeah, you know, because there's hypocrites everywhere.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I am as well a hypocrite.
3: We all are. Um,
1: I think if you are caught doing any of that in mixed martial arts, there should be a very large penalty. I mean, huge. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're in a fist fight. Yeah. Football, I don't care. Baseball, hit a ball harder, I'm farther. I don't care,
3: but in, I think in baseball, they should make it mandatory.
1: In in yeah, <laughs> well watch. yeah, you think you <laughs> think people were upset when uh, allegedly Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds cool. and I would, Sammy Sosa I would love to see eighty home runs. I'd I watch at least.
3: <laughs> I would watch that.
1: Yeah, um, but when it comes to um, the sport that I love, yeah. And it is more dangerous. It is. You know, I mean, you're, you're you're throwing elbows, you're throwing punches, kicks, blah 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 blah. Now, you know, there are people who are going to say, well, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really help you connect with the ball more. You know, and it, but it does enable you to get back in the gym quicker when you yes. shouldn't be in the gym. Yes. You know, so that is some of the issues with that. But when it comes to to the sport I love, <laughs> um, which is mixed martial arts then yes, it should be. I think there should be a lot of, of changes in the penalties yeah. on a lot of things. Yeah. I think if you miss weight, I think it should be more than a 20% deduction. Yeah. Um, because
3: Adesanya, I suggested to Dana, um, I don't remember who he fought that missed. No, somebody missed a weight when they were fighting Dan Hooker, his teammate. And he said that if you made it, instead of 20%, if you miss weight, you have to give 80% of your purse to the next, to the fighter you're fighting against. If they keep the fight, then like people wouldn't do that because you're going to lose 80% of your money, like, hey, I'm going to make sure. Absolutely. You know. and, but also, sorry, we'll jump around a little bit here. But like the whole – like I never understood why somebody who is 200 pounds walking around wants to go fight at, at 145. Once, yeah. yeah.
1: Why, why are you doing that? That's well, crazy. And, and, and I want somebody – and we're going to jump out on the phone lines and talk to the gifted one here in – 12 seconds. I want somebody to teach me how to lose the weight.
3: I won't put it back on. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do how they do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I definitely don't. Let's uh, jump back to the phone line as we get ready for another action-packed UFC this weekend and welcome the gifted one, gifted Gabe Green. Gabe, how are you?
4: I'm great, man. How are you?
1: Not too bad. We appreciate your time. Uh, let's get right into it. It's just the start, obviously, of Fight Week,
4: but what's Fight Week like for you? Um, It's Honestly more like a mini vacation, you know, my all the training's uh, pretty much done. We're just polishing up, you know, crossing our Ts, down our I's and uh, so you know, my training schedule's a lot less compared to what it's been. So it's a really nice kind of break from the action and then all I gotta do at the very end is my favorite thing to do and go fight somebody. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome.
1: Right is is the reward. So, do you want to spend the next couple of days not thinking about the fight on Saturday, or are you like Rocky Balboa with what was it, a Clubber Lang on the window or on the mirror, or it might have been Apollo? I don't remember which. And there is no tomorrow. And you you know you you've got the the opponent like in front of you for the next five days.
4: No, I'm I'm more chill. I, I know that thinking about the fight isn't going to make it come any faster. Um, pretty uh, you know like. Confident that everything I've done up to this point is gonna, you know, has prepared me to just go win on Saturday. So uh, I'm kind of just like, all right, now I just gotta wait.
1: And not thinking about it is not gonna make it go any slower either.
4: That yeah, it's true.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, I do want to say this: that uh, I did my 12 seconds of research, and you graduated from Long Beach State, correct?
4: Yes, is true. Yes.
1: Who, in my opinion, and, and I'm here with Caleb Bennett from the NFL. Went to UCLA, and I'm going to tell him, just like I'll tell everybody else, Long Beach State has the greatest team nickname in all of sports. Do you know what their I nickname just, is? I, sw-
4: I think they just switched it because we were the 49ers when I was there.
1: Well, they the, the, I'm talking about just the baseball team.
4: Oh, the yeah, Dirtbags. The Dirtbags. Dirt <laughs> dirt it is That is a great name, for sure.
1: <laughs> I, I was out at, uh, covering a UFC in, in L.A. once, and I drove just to go get a Long Beach – state dirt bags t shirt i'm
3: gonna order one. It's That's the, the best, best. Good, yeah. <laughs> it
1: is absolutely the best uh when you're you're not training and and you just said that you're a relaxed you know guy what what are you doing to relax? Is it you know what do you watch on t v do you watch other sports? What do you do to just kind of chill?
4: um I just hang with the family more so than anything uh watch yeah, I watch movies more than t v shows, eat food that I'm not supposed to probably be eating um yeah just relax like that
1: are you a fan of uh,
4: other sports
1: whether to participate or just to watch
4: i mean i i appreciate like athletes at work so i'm kind of a fan of all sports and i'll watch it if it's on but i don't really go too much out of the way to watch watch anything you know
1: i'm gonna ask you both You know, Caleb, you're an athlete as well. So is golf a sport? Is NASCAR a sport? Is bowling a sport? Is darts a sport?
3: Oh, man. (laughs) NASCAR is not a sport because there's no, again, like I know like they sweat and all that stuff like that because, you know, they have to drink Gatorade. There's commercials. (laughs) But I don't think it's a sport. It's It's an activity. They're competing, but it's not a sport. You know what I mean? Like there's no physical activity like you're driving a car. And, again, it's not an easy thing to do. Driving that fast, so I don't agree. What, what, what do you think, Gabe?
4: Um, I, I think I agree. I think a sport is is more so like where it's real two people, like physically competing against each other, like through, you know, like one body versus another. Um, I think that it's more of a competition as well, as with like NASCAR. Same thing kind of with bowling. Yeah. And golf. Golf, like, it, It's super technical and, and it requires a ton of skill and I respect that 100% but I know it's kind of hard to call it like, in my eyes a sport.
3: Stop you from swinging that club. You can't even talk when you're swinging the club.
1: Well, well uh, yeah. you know, Take out NASCAR and if you just say golf, darts, and bowling anything that you can drink beer and smoke cigarettes while you're doing <laughs> it. <laughs> it might not go down as a sport. Um, give me your thoughts uh, on, on your opponent.
4: Um, I mean i'm excited about him he's uh eight and oh bunch of knockouts uh i think six knockouts one submission he went to the distance once so in my eyes that means he comes to fight and he's ready to bang so that just sounds like a fun night at the office for me
1: <laughs> is there added excitement when an opponent has that zero that it's something you can take away
4: um, I mean, I don't know about, like, added excitement, but he's definitely not the first undefeated guy i fought before, and, uh, I gave those guys those elbows, so you can add them to the list.
3: Moving a little bit away from fight, um, I know you talked about being a foodie and, like, eating foods that you shouldn't eat. Is there, Vegas has a lot of great restaurants, obviously, a lot of cool spots to eat. Is there a specific spot that you've picked out that you want to try? Um, you know, like, kind of like, what's your, I know you guys have to be strict during the fights, and when you lead up to the fight, like, what's your favorite thing when it's like, hey, like, I'm done with my fight, I need to go get some food, do you go for, like, the real high-end steakhouses, or are you a McDonald's and pizza kind of
4: guy afterwards? I definitely, um, I mean, I don't shy away from some chicken nuggets, you know, or some pizza. um, (laughs) You know, I'm celebrating, so I want to go get a steak or something, eat something, eat something nice. You know, it's funny, I was on the little plane coming to Vegas and uh there was some girl a couple rows behind me and she was like talking to everybody being super nice talking about like she's from Vegas and she takes the plane once a week but she also lives in O.C. but anyways like being super super nice and um so when everyone was standing up to leave the plane I like sat down I usually let everyone go first but as she was passing me I was like hey sorry to bother you just um I heard you're from Vegas What's the best place to eat on a Saturday night if I'm going to go celebrate someone or something? And um, she she didn't give me the response that I was, like, thinking she was going to give because she was super nice to everyone on the plane.
3: Yeah.
1: She
4: looked at me dead in my eyes, rolled her eyes, walked right past me, and she was like, that depends on what you want to eat. It was like, I was like, wow that was so something. rude for no reason <laughs> not, yeah it was extremely rude like I you know I'm not like, it was I did not expect that because of how like nice and interactive she was with everybody but yeah I mean it might have been because I was in the the plane with like a do-rag on and high socks and looking like a you know <laughs> something, probably like a delinquent or something and she was a veterinarian or something but yeah it totally judged me for something it just walked right past me I was like what the It'd hell you spot?"
3: Um, I went to Carbone in Vegas, um, an Italian restaurant. That was a that was a great spot that I went to. So if you need a spot to check out, that would be one I think you should check it out.
4: Carbone. No. See, like, actually, so after she walked past me and just didn't give a hoot about me, uh, some older white dude stopped and was all like, Pieros, man, go to Pieros. So I don't know if you've heard of Pieros, but
3: I haven't I gotta write that one down up
4: a little bit.
1: I was in in Vegas a couple of weeks ago did the show from the Apex and then I hung out with uh, the rock band the Scorpions and Mickey D and and some mutual friends we went out to eat and we went to his favorite restaurant in Las Vegas it's called iHop <laughs> It's called what? iHop. He went to we went to iHop. I-Hop. <laughs> I'm like
4: I mean, they got good pancakes, man.
1: Well, he did like, that's why he went. He went for the, the Swedish pancakes, but I'm like, come on. All right, so speaking of of food, and, and I know it's a bad time because it's uh, cut week, if you could have any four people for dinner, living or passed away, real or fictitious, it can't be anybody from the gym, it can't be anybody from the UFC because you're with them all the time, what four people would you uh, sit down and have dinner with?
4: Four people? Any four people? That's a hard question. Um... It is. this. think I'm uh Bruce Lee. Okay. Mike Tyson.
1: Just don't talk back to him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I saw that flight thing. Uh, was a good I'm going to go, I'm going to Ali in there too. And then, and let me see, last one, last one, last one. You know, I'll probably go Jordan. Throw Jordan okay. in there.
1: MJ, no, I was going to do the Jeopardy music. MJ, very cool. Uh, do you collect anything? You know, uh, autographs, photos, uh, fight gear, uh, and if you do, what is that one item that you would like to obtain?
4: And I don't, I don't really collect much. I'm be honest. I should go get some more hobbies besides fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um. So
3: in the, um, in the NFL – He's got to come
1: up with something.
3: Yeah. So like
1: – I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out something to you real quick. So I'm interviewing a mutual friend of Caleb's and mine. Um, he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Leonard Wester. Mm-hmm. And he didn't – so he said the same thing. I don't collect. I don't collect. I'm like, come on, Leonard. you got to come up with something. He came up with the greatest answer ever, and I've been on the radio since 1984. His answer was Jesus Christ sandals.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, those would be pretty lit, My (laughs) God, Wouldn't it?
1: I'm like, I never even thought anything like that. That would definitely be cool. So,
3: speaking on collecting, in the NFL, I'm sure you've seen it. NBA guys do it sometimes, too. After games, if you have, like, a buddy that plays or something like that or somebody, you know, you have a good match against somebody, you have mutual respect and you trade jerseys. Has that ever come up in the UFC? Like, hey, man, the great fight, you want to switch gloves, you know, sign those (laughs) gloves for me. Like, you know, maybe you go fight. You know, some, you're a young guy. You go fight somebody who you think is a legend. You go fight Anderson Silver or whatever it is. You're like, hey, like I would love to have your gloves and trade gloves. Has that ever been done in the
4: UFC? Has that ever crossed anybody's mind? Um, Not not that I know of it. It's never happened to me, but that's actually really something really good. I usually just, you know, after I fight someone, buy him a beer or something. But, yeah, taking yeah. gloves would be dope. I, that should be a thing. I don't know if it is or not, but definitely should be that'd be dope because you guys have a lot of
3: respect. For you. I always say I don't know how you guys go out there and battle like you do and then hug after because if you hit me in the nose on accident, I don't know if I want to <laughs> talk to you. I don't know if I want to talk to you and you guys go duke it out and give each other hugs. I think that'd be a cool thing, you know?
4: Yeah, no, I mean it, it, it's different when you're in there. Uh, if you went in there and actually had a fight, you, you'd understand a little bit more. The act of fighting is like really like intimate really with the person across from you so it's just like yeah one of those things instant respect yeah
1: i respect that you're going to buy your opponent a beer and not just take it and pour it into somebody's shoe <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: man that's wild i don't know if i'll ever do that <laughs>
1: that is definitely crazy uh um, gabe what can the fans expect to see you know when you get in there and do your thing and you know it's christmas day on saturday night and you're in the octagon
4: uh, expect me to just go out there and you know, put on a show. I'm here to fight. I'm not here to you know, like win by points or do any of that stuff. I'm definitely here to finish a fight, and um, I'm here to do that all the time. So whenever my name's on the screen, get ready for fireworks.
1: Awesome. I know I can't wait. The fans can't wait. Thank you for your time. I know we have your address. We're going to send you a care package from 8-Man Strong as well as a box of very cool socks from Odd Sock Official.
4: Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you two uh, taking the time to talk to me. Stay blessed.
1: I appreciate your time. Hopefully, we can get you back on and and enjoy yourself on Saturday.
4: Sounds good. Thank you.
1: Take care.
3: That is uh, gifted. Another great nickname, gifted Gabe Green. So UFC guys have the best nicknames, and like I've, it's like you know the last style bender, and you know like whatever, like he's gifted, and the Wonder Boy, and you know like it's. They got the, the eagle, like such cool nicknames. Okay, so we had an argument. You know,
1: we've done uh, this a couple different times in the, the greatest MMA nickname. I'm going to stick with, I still believe that Ian McCall has the best nickname. His nickname is Uncle Creepy. <laughs> I mean, it's classic, okay? Now, another name that um, ha- has come across numerous times is um, Touchy Feely. Wow. But that's not a nickname. Feely is his last name. Uh, so his nickname is Touchy. That's
3: Gotcha.
1: Then, you know, it doesn't make his, Touchy Feely is, onwards. right. Yeah, but, but the nickname is Touchy. It's not Touchy Feely yeah. because feely's his last name. Uh, matter of fact, you brought up uh, Wonderboy. There was a thing on Twitter the other day about uh, who's walkout. Do you think about, or you know, can you picture, or whatever? And his is one of the few that I do remember on a regular basis, mm-hmm. because it's um, what's his name, something black. Um, the actor he was Jack in, black. Jack Black. You know, yeah. it, he sings that Wonder Boy song, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the song is so awful, it's good, <laughs> right? And then when he goes Wonder Boy, you know, and here's you know Stephen Thompson walking to the cage and stuff. That always sticks out. Yeah. Ronda Rousey, one of the greatest walkouts of all time. You yeah, know, just. Uh, it was, uh, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation, uh, you know, which is so fitting, and she walks out the way she does, and yeah. she doesn't care, and, you know, and then that's playing in, in the background. Kobe's
3: uh, Kurt Angle one was great. I know the, you don't think about Kobe for, Kobe for his walkout, but the, when he walked out to Kurt Angle against uh, Masvidal. Oh, okay.
1: You always talk Kobe Bryant. I'm thinking, no, Kobe, no, no. what Co- the Co- hell i you talking about? Co- Kobe.
3: Kobe Co- 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 has a walkout to the, to, to, to the, <laughs> the forum? No, no, Covington, um... Yeah, like he has um, that, was, that was a good one. You know, something people don't know, certain players in the NFL have songs they play in the stadium when they make plays.
1: I didn't know that. I knew baseball did that. Yeah. And matter of fact, Rusty Meacham, you still owe me my CD. <laughs> Rusty Meacham with, pitched all over. He played like 412 years. Went to college with my brother. Yeah. So we were friends when he played for the race. He's like, hey, do you have this song that's my walkout? I don't have it. So mm-hmm. I gave him my damn CD. He played, and then he got released. I never got my CD back. Dang.
3: Yeah, the guy, the next time you're in the stadium, just listen and you hear, like, Deshaun Jackson, when he made a catch, there was a certain song that played every single time that he made a catch or made a play. Or, really? Yeah. Yeah, got, certain guys have it. I how about know. in
1: practice when he wears
3: a different jersey number? Does he have a song when he's won and a song when so he— you, Okay, so you know what's crazy? So now he can actually wear it because the, <laughs> right. the rules got changed. Right. You know, and I didn't know how I felt about it, you know, but it wasn't as, you know, un- 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 it didn't look as bad as I thought it would. I thought that the small numbers – I thought like the NFL kind of had this professional thing and like I liked the number scale where you have to choose between this and this. But it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. Yeah, it, it doesn't. But like I couldn't picture you wearing a number two. No, no. <laughs> That that wouldn't fly in any offensive line room. If a guy tries to get number two, they're gonna be like, "Come on, no, are <laughs> no. doing that. Is there a certain number that, that that I remember? Brad Culpepper told me
1: that he looked svelte in in his number. Yeah, I mean, is there a number that that you large people think make you look better? Yeah,
3: man, the seventies, seventies are good to make you look better. Seventy-seven because it takes up more real estate. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's long, and you know, so those are good ones. Sixties the best. Sixties don't make you look that great. Fifties, if you can get a 50 number, those ones are nice. But like 70s and 50s, I think I like. And then like for D linemen, the 90s. 90s make you look, you make you look good. And I always like the single digit for D linemen. I think if you're but you gotta be a badass, though. Sorry. You, know, you get bad grass. You gotta be you gotta be a tough dude to get a single digit as D lineman. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think at some O lineman should come out with like four. I would love to see it. And he would get obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> he would get uh, but you better be Orlando Pace if you're coming out there with number four as offensive linemen.
1: I, I think that would be very, very funny. So, will you watch the draft?
3: Probably not. Like, I'll what I do is like I have like the ESPN ticker that pops up. So like it, so I'll probably turn it on and see like just thinking, like I said, just so I can see who's you know who's going where and kind of what the Russian teams are going and like there's always some crazy trade that happens and like you know there's so many missing there's so many pieces everywhere and so Debo Samuel. Is someone I think might be moved on draft day. All these guys who are holding out for contracts, you know, like they might get traded. Into, so, I'm, I'm interested to see all kind of all that stuff. But I'm not going to sit in front of the TV. I haven't sat down and watched the draft in front of the TV since college. I haven't watched the last
1: couple years, but again, because the the Bucks pick is so late. Yeah. You know, it, and how can it's it's kind of like a fight. How can you prepare for a fight? Well, kind of like and I know I talk about this often when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came on, he wanted like a list of my questions and I'm like, I don't know my second question. Cause I don't know how you're going to answer the first one. Yeah. How can the bucks be prepared in 900 different ways? You know, because nothing is going to go as everybody plans. No. You know, they, they all lie. They all, you know, tell mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to go this direction. They tell somebody, if you're there, we're going to take you. and yeah, Then they sure. don't, you know, so it, it it's gotta, you gotta be prepared to like on a dime. My other question for you, as an NFL player, why does the first round take so long? Like Jacksonville knows who they're taking. Yeah. Why do you wait nine minutes?
3: I think because there's always you wait to see okay is somebody gonna call and try and you know make a deal because like I mean there's talks right now that Jacksonville wants to trade back, and so there, I think that's it's kind of that process. Like everybody has their. Will it include the rights to Urban Meyer? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think he got a fair shake, but we can talk about that another time. But, you know, everybody has like their guy, like, okay, this is our number one guy and our number two guy, and our number three guy, and our, you know what I'm saying, all the way down. And if he's available, we take him. But then when he goes, then you have people chiming in and there's trades. So I think that's kind of what takes so long is people trying to see if they can move pieces around and do different things. But like I said, yeah, taking the full 10 minutes, I'm like, come on, make your pick.
1: Jacksonville needs so many things. You know, I don't know what they could trade for, but I don't think they do.
3: Really? I don't. They have a quarterback, right? That you, you know, they he's a the second coming to Peyton Manning, so you're going to stick it out with him until his, you know, his first few years. They drafted a running back in the first round last year. He was hurt. The offensive line isn't awful. They just paid three receivers a ton of money. So maybe, so in the first round, really, you're kind of, either you're going to take a tackle, or you're going to go to defense for me. So I think, like, they're, I don't think they need that much. They just need a a new culture, if you could say.
1: Well, they also need a new location, but that's another story. You know, if Jacksonville played, I don't know, in um, Las Vegas, (laughs) maybe more players would want to go there. Uh, I know we only have about a minute or so. uh, Baker Mayfield, where do you think? What do you think? And there's been a lot of talk of Carolina and Tampa.
3: I think the thing with Baker is both sides did a lot to diminish his trade value. The team... You know, basically said, we don't want you anymore. Right. And Baker basically said, trade me. So there's this standoff, and other teams are like, I'm not going to give you draft capita for a guy that you don't want. Who you're going to you get rid of anyway. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to pay... Two quarterbacks, $70 million when the season comes. So eventually you're going to let him go. So everybody's just kind of sitting back and waiting. If you want to swap seventh, we'll take Baker, but we're not going to give you a pick for it anymore. Sure. Interesting stuff. Good stuff. I enjoyed today. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe we should do this more often without Matt.
3: Yeah, we should. <laughs> honestly, just keep finding him.
1: Anyway, we will find him, uh, and we'll discuss that next week. I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been Knockout Radio, brought to you by 8-Man Strong and Staff Zone. Enjoy the draft. No
2: matter what
1: Is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Eight Man Strong is not simply about the biggest or strongest. It's about those who have survived true lows, suffered, faced demons real or in their heads, and are fighting to come back against it all. If you live with a passion for greatness and strength and resilience towards all obstacles that may attempt to derail you, if you are bold and aggressive in the pursuit of the things you want in life, if you are meant to overcome everything that stands in your path of reaching your goals, then you are Eight Man Strong. Got bills? Looking for work, but nobody is hiring? Staff Zone is. As the leading provider of commercial construction, industrial, and special event staffing throughout the Southeast and Texas, StaffZone has plenty of work to go around, and they need you now. Don't wait. Go now to www.thestaffzone.com and find a branch closest to you. Work today. Get paid today. That's the Staff Zone way.
2: W-T-A-N,
1: Clearwater. F-M, 106.1. W-D-C-F, Dade City. F-M, 102.3. W-Z-H-R, Zephyr Hills. F-M, 104.3. Listen.